Good morning, good morning. It's good to see everybody. Make our way to our chairs, see who else is coming in. Well, I'd like to welcome you all to Gateway Baptist Church this morning. It's great to see everyone. We'd like to welcome everyone in the gym as well and those watching us online. We're so happy that you're able to be with us this morning in worship. A few announcements. Um, men, the outdoor adventures are continuing. So this Saturday, February 22nd, 7th, this coming Saturday, there's a day hike on the Cherokee Ridge Alpine Trail. Uh, there's a registration that's required. It's on our blog at gatewaybaptist.com. You'll see the blog and there's a registration that there's no cost. They just want to see how many guys are going to sign up to prepare for other things. So if you'd like to go on that, Cherokee Ridge Alpine Trail this Saturday, February 27th. All the details are on the website. Also, just to prepare, there's going to be one in late March, an overnight backpacking trip, March 26th and 27th. If you want to look a little bit of ahead, details and registration as well are on the blog just to be preparing for those that time frame with your families and all that, that's involved with that. Just another reminder of a couple prayer opportunities. Every Sunday morning over here in the gymnasium in room one, we have a prayer time at, prayer time at 8 a.m. It was very sweet this morning. Um, the Lord really shows up, and we pray for our community. We pray for our church, different things going on. And also Sunday afternoons, uh, this next Sunday, February 28th, um, there will be one in here at 4 p.m. It happens every other week. So the next one here at 4 p.m. will be next Sunday, February 28th. And the last announcement, which I'm very excited about. All right, kids in here, first through fourth grade, raise your hands. Kids are in first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. There you are. On March 14th, kids' worship is back. And all the parents said, Woo! I think the parents are more excited than the kids, actually. <laughs> But um, I'm excited. I love teaching it, getting in there with my wife, and we're part of the rotation. So March 14th, kids' worship begins again. We're real excited. Miss Molly's been working hard to get us back going to that. So very excited to see what the Lord has in store to disciple our children. So I ask you to please stand as we prepare to sing to the Lord this morning. I'm going to read us some scripture to kind of set the tone with God's holy word. Reading Colossians 1, 15 through 22. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood of his cross and you who once were alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds he has now reconciled us in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Let's sing and above reproach to the Lord together. Thank you. 
Oh 
of that song Lord Christ Christ alone is our hope in life and death Lord I thank you that even now even in the already but not yet time that we live in Lord before we meet you face to face Lord you are our hope today Lord you are a real hope Lord we just thank you as much today first day that the gospel came to each one of us. Lord, we thank you today that your mercies renew. Lord, today that your grace was fresh manna for us. Lord, we thank you that today our eyes are still open and that we can see you. Lord, we thank you even today for your Holy Spirit, which you've given to us as a gift to dwell within us, your very presence. Lord, help us more and more to be a grateful people. Lord, that we can rejoice in the Lord, always in the Lord, to lean into your grace evermore. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of being able to come before your throne of grace to receive mercy in our time of need. Lord, we just even turn our hearts toward our own church body here, Lord. And today, we want to pray especially for marriages in our church. Lord, that most intimate of human relationships that you created and designed for our good, for your glory. Lord, as a picture 
of the beauty and intimacy of the relationship between Christ and her bride and his bride, the church. So, Lord, we just want to hold marriage up very highly. Thank you for the gift of marriage, Lord, and pray. Lord, for those in marriages that are struggling, Lord, that more than anything, you who is the redeemer of our souls, Lord, would transform hearts, Lord. Lord, we need you. Lord, we thank you for for Foch Smart and just his heart for ministry to the young guys at Safety Net. Lord, we just want to ask that you continue to work through Foch in that ministry and to those young men. And Lord, we just want to pray for one of our churches here in Montgomery, our friend, Pastor Mark Bethea, new pastor at First Baptist Church. Lord, for wisdom as he begins to lead the church there, for church unity. Lord, for the gospel uh, to reach out from their church. Lord, we pray also across the miles to pastor for Pastor Mark in Haiti. Lord, one that we have known for some time. And Lord, just thank you for recently where they had 40 come to Christ in a village on the mountain where they're planting a church, Lord. Thank you for your work that continues to this day and just pray for your provision for them, Lord, both physically for their needs as well as spiritually in their hearts, Lord, that they would not grow weary. And Lord, we just want to even pray across the nations to the Geg Albanians of Turkey, Lord, where they practice Islam. Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would bring missionaries to them, Lord, to share the gospel of grace. Lord, we pray, too, for your generosity to our church, and thank you for how you have been a provider, even over the hard year of 2020. Lord, you've been so gracious, and Lord, to put on the hearts of your people, Lord, thank you that we have a generous people here at Gateway. Lord, stir our hearts to continue to give, Lord, for your kingdom, for your glory. Lord, we thank you for Grady, for the one who comes and faithfully teaches each week, brings your word, Lord, studies to show himself approved. Lord, he would admit and I would admit too, we are in desperate need of you to open our eyes to your word, to communicate it. And Lord, I just pray even today, Lord, not only would you uh, anoint him, his lips as he teach, but you would anoint our ears and our hearts as we hear today, and that we would not be the same. Thank you for, Lord, as we begin a new journey in our church today, in this new series that we're going to go through. Lord, thank you for bringing it to us. I pray you would work it through us. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, Gateway family. Everyone sounds tired this morning. Good morning, Gateway family. There we go. That sounds better. And good morning to you in the gym and those at home. I'm so thankful we get to gather together. It's a beautiful morning this morning, and we get the joy of worshiping the Lord together. I'm thankful for that. Well, if you're on our email list or you visit our blog, you see it's what Greg just alluded to. We're starting something different. We have a new adventure together as a church family. Now, before we get to what that is, I want to remind you where we have been Since I've been your pastor for the last four and a half years, we've been walking verse by verse through different books of the Bible. We started four and a half years ago walking through the Gospel of John to make sure we understood who Christ is. We then went to Ephesians to understand what Christ has done for us and how we live and how we're changed because of that. We then walked through 27 of the Psalms verse by verse to make sure we understood how do we respond to God and worship in all of life's situations. Then we walked through James for the last year looking at how do we live out what we claim we believe. And friends, this has been an amazing journey for me. I love going verse by verse through books of the Bible as we mine the depths of God's Word one book at a time. Well, this year we're going to do something just a little bit different than that. Yes, we're still going to have a primary Bible text every Sunday morning. Yes, we're going to look at it verse by verse. Yes, we're going to keep doing that because the power is in the Word of God, the unchanging Word of God, not in opinions, not in stories, but in the Word of God. But instead of going through just one book of the Bible for the course of a year, we're going to take a step back this year and look at a bigger picture of what the Bible tells us. Well, if you know, I like hiking and I like outdoors. If you're friends with me on social media, you see lots of posts of my boys and I out in the woods, or you'll hear the the different men's events that CJ alluded to this morning and even last week. I love 
hiking. And hiking for me becomes kind of an analogy of what we've been doing. For these last four years, we've been hiking long trails together. We'll get the beginning of a trailhead, and we will walk a really long trail for a year, won't we? And we slow down, and we look at every tree and every rock formation to make sure we don't miss any of the beauty along the trail that we're on. We've been doing that for these last four years in the forest, if you will, of God's Word, the trails of John and Ephesians and Psalms and James. But this year, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're getting a helicopter. We go up above the forest to see the beauty of the whole forest. Now, there's different ways to get the big picture of what we're trying to see, the big picture of the Word of God. There's several good ways that you can tackle a study of the big picture of the Bible. There's, in fact, three good ways to do it. And we'll tell you what they are. We're only going to do one of the three, so don't worry. Maybe these others will be for another year in the future. One way to see the big picture of the whole Bible is something we would call historical theology. Now, theology is just the big word that means the study of God. And historical theology looks at how the church has developed what we Believe how God's people have understood his revelation, the Bible, through time, and how the church has responded through history to the different challenges that has been faced, how we have come to believe what we believe. It's a fascinating study, especially if you like history. That's not what we're going to do on Sunday mornings this year. There's a second way to get in that helicopter and look at the big picture of the forest of God's word, and that's what we call biblical theology. Biblical theology is where you look at the whole story of the Bible where you start in Genesis with week one, and you work chronologically through all the stories of the Bible until you get to Revelation, so you can see the Bible as one whole story. Kind of like if you got in the helicopter, you start at the visitor center at the forest. Instead of walking one trail, you get in the the helicopter, you slowly go across the whole forest to get to the far end of it, so you can see the whole thing as it comes together from beginning to end. That is a fantastic approach. That's not what we're doing on Sunday mornings this year either. That is what our kids are doing, though. So if you have kids... Anywhere from birth to sixth grade, they're going through a biblical theology on Sunday mornings. If you're not familiar with it, we call it the Gospel Project. But they go Genesis to Revelation in chronological order every three years. So if you have kids that are not... ...to Revelation. And so we do that with our kids, but that's not what we're doing on Sunday mornings. So what are we doing on Sunday mornings? There's a third approach to get the big picture of the Bible. And we call that systematic theology, systematic theology. Now, this is what we're tackling this year. Theology just means the study of God. Systematic just means it's an intentional way of organizing something. So systematic theology just looks at the study of God, this huge topic, and looks at it in a carefully organized way, usually using questions and answers. It organizes the questions of faith, the questions of belief, and we look at those systematically through Scripture. So systematic theology asks questions like, what does the Bible teach about And you fill in the blank. What does the Bible teach about who God is? What does the Bible teach about the Trinity? What does the Bible teach about mankind? What does the Bible teach about why God made us? What does the Bible teach about sin? What does the Bible teach about how we're saved from our sin? What does the Bible teach about the church? How does the what does the Bible teach about how we grow? We go on and on with those type questions. It's a systematically organized approach to studying Scripture. And if you go with a hiking analogy, you're going to get in the helicopter and you're going to touch down on a trail to see the answer to the one of the questions. But you'll get back up in the helicopter, see the big picture and touch down somewhere else in the forest to see the answer to that question. You explore the whole forest, intentionally looking at different points to make sure we understand the study of God. Friends, if you're not familiar with this approach, we just sang systematic theology by design. The last song that we just sang was basically what we're going to be doing this year in our study. We sang a Getty song, and we asked questions and gave the answer from Scripture. I hope you saw what we were doing with that. We asked the question, what is our hope in life and death? And we all sung the answer, Christ alone. We asked the question, what is our only confidence? Then we sang the answer to the question, that our souls to Him belong. We asked the questions, what will keep us to the end? We answered in song, the love of Christ in which we stand. But truth can calm our troubled soul, that God is good. And to the grave, what will we sing? Christ, he lives. What reward will heaven bring? Everlasting life with him. We just sang systematic theology, just put to music. We asked questions and then answer from God's word what the correct answer was. That's what we're doing this year in our sermons. It's just I'm not going to be singing them to you, okay? We're going to be looking at the word of God, asking questions of belief, and then we will be looking at the scriptures to find the answer. Friends, we're simply calling this journey together for this next year rooted, grounded in the Word. We want to make sure that we as a church family are rooted, that we understand what we believe, that we know what the Bible says about all areas of faith and all areas of life. We want to be rooted, not in our opinions, 
Not in our preferences, not in what we're told is popular or the right way to think, but we want to be rooted in what the unchanging Word of God says to us. We desperately, friends, need to be rooted. That raises two questions for us. Why do we need to be rooted? And how do we get rooted? We're going to tackle one of those this morning, the why question. And the next Sunday morning, we're going to tackle the how question. How are we going to do this as a church family? Now, the quick answer to the how question is a preview. It's basically, we're going to do what we just sung. We're going to each week ask a question and then dive into a text of Scripture to find the answer to that question so we understand the big picture of who God is and who we are and what it looks like to walk with Him. But as for next week, this week I want to start with the why question. And I want you to see, why is it important to be rooted in what we believe? Why is it so important for us to do this? Why is it important for us as a life of a church to take a year out of our normal teaching style to ask the question of what do we believe? Now, to answer that question, I want you to find Ephesians chapter 4 this morning. Ephesians chapter 4 in God's Word. Now, we studied Ephesians three years ago, so if you were with us at Gateway in 2018, Ephesians is a very familiar book for us. I'm going to return to a text we looked at three years ago, but the text is so rich, we're going to look at a whole different aspect of it than we had time to deal with when we looked at this three years ago. Now, while you're finding Ephesians 4, I just want to remind you, this is a book written by the Apostle Paul. It's written about 62 AD, and he was writing to the church, to the community of believers in a town called Ephesus. And Paul had two things in mind when he wrote this book. He wrote, first of all, to remind them of what Christ had done for them, their identity in Christ. So chapters 1, 2, and 3 of Ephesians are all about our identity in Christ and what Christ has done for us. And then in chapter 4, Paul shifts gears. He changes topics. In the last half of the book, he talks about how our lives are different now because of what Christ has done for us. So what we're picking up today is after Paul has laid three chapters of foundation of what Christ has done for us. He's explained the gospel, the good news of Christ, and now he's going to show us how our lives are different because of what Christ has done. And in this text, we see an answer to why it's so important for us to know what we believe. So today we're looking at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. Can I ask you to stand, please, in honor of the reading of the Word of God? We'll have the words on the screen for you. I'm reading out the English Standard Version. As we read, be looking for why is it important to know what we believe. So Ephesians chapter 4, picking up in verse 11. And he, God, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up. In love, Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the riches of your word. And Lord, I pray for this morning, but not just this morning, but in these weeks to come as we mine some of the riches of your word. I pray you would stretch us and God, you would help us have a bigger picture of who you are and what it means to walk with you in this life that we have. Lord, I pray you'll take your word this morning and use it to just grow us in our confidence in your word, to grow us in understanding why it's so important to take time to study it individually and corporately and as families and as friends. Help anchor us more in your word this morning. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And thank you. You may be seated. So why is it important to be rooted in what we believe? Now, here's the answer I want us to give to that question. Here's our main idea for the morning. We need to know what we believe for our good, for the good of one another, and for the good of the lost. There's a lot involved in why we need to know what we believe. Us pursuing going deeper in the Word of God, us pursuing going deeper in what we believe is not just an intellectual exercise, not just an academic exercise that we want to be smart, so we're going to study more. The reason why we go deep and want to be rooted in the Bible and rooted in the Word of God is because it affects us greatly. It's for our good. But it's not just a self-driven effort. We do this because whether or not we're rooted affects the good of other people, the body of Christ, and affects our ability to share Christ with the loss. We need to know what we believe. We need to be rooted in what we believe for our good, for the good of one another, and for the good of the lost. Now let's unpack that this morning from Ephesians chapter 4. Now before we get into that, let's just jump back to verse 13 here. There's a lot in this text about church leaders and spiritual gifts and what the church is, and again, we studied all that back in 2018. If you weren't here and you want to go deeper in some of these other parts of the text, 
All that is on our website at gatewaybaptist.com under messages. You can find some of the teaching on some of these other parts that we're not going to cover this morning. But I want to focus here, particularly starting with verse 13 this morning here. And notice what Paul says here in verse 13. He says, until we all attain, notice this, to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Notice these two words. He talks about faith and knowledge. Paul is calling us to have a deep-rooted faith here. Now, we use the word faith a lot. Now, what is faith? Faith is simply belief, right? But it's belief. It's not just a shallow belief. Faith is a confidence that is something untrue. It's a trusting in something. And it's a trust in a confidence that's so real, it changes us. If it doesn't change us, friends, it's not faith. True faith is a confidence that will change us. And what Paul is telling us to do is he's going to make sure we have a deep faith, a deep confidence that so many today are like a rowboat in the Atlantic Ocean because we're not rooted. Because we see it all around. Last week when Dwayne was preaching, he referenced the fall of a prominent Christian apologist, defender of the faith, when all sorts of things have come up that it's just heartbreaking to hear about his life. But it's not just there. We see it in our own lives, our own sin struggles. We see it in the skepticism we hear from other self-professing Christians when it comes to... And so the second thing we need to understand why we know what we believe, we need to know it for the good of one another. Other believers need to know it for the good of other Christians, for the good of the church. Look at how Paul brings this out in this text. Go back to verse 12, the previous verse. He talks about to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. What we just saw in verse 13 about the maturity we gain from being rooted in the Word and the stability we gain is not a self-focused effort here. Paul's concern in all this is not just that me and Jesus are good here and that I'm just anchored for my own sake. His concern is for the church, for the community of Christians. He's guarding us from thinking about this and just what I get out of this. He's helping us see the bigger picture of the growth of Christian community. So how does you, how, how do we, going deep in the Word of God, us being rooted, how does that help us as a church family? How does that help us help other Christians? Two ways, again, I think this is important for the good of community. Number one, it unifies us. It unifies us. Friends, when we are rooted in what we believe, it unifies us as a church. And go back to verse 13, kind of our key text for this morning. And it says, until we all attain to what? What's the next word here? Unity. Paul's concern here is that we unified in what we believe, that we're unified in our faith. Friends, this is so important because God's design for the church is to be diverse, but not diverse in theology. We're to be a church that's diverse in so many others, but unified in what we believe. If you think about when Paul was writing at the time, he took the two groups that most hate each other, Jew and Gentile, and he brought those two races together in one church. He took people who were rich and people who were poor, who normally wouldn't interact, and he brought them together in the church. He took free people and he took servants and he brought them together in the church. So God's plan is for the church to have diversity coming together, but what brings that diversity together and keeps them together is a unity in what we believe and understanding what we believe. Friends, do you realize that the more we pursue together, going deep in the Word of God, the more we pursue being rooted in what we believe, the greater the bond we will have? Don't miss that. The more we study together the Word of God and the more we go deep in understanding what we believe, the greater the bond we will have as brothers and sisters in Christ from all different types of backgrounds. And friends, we need that. We live in a world that highlights division. We live in a world where there's so much brokenness and we need to be a place where we belong, a place where we can be known, a place where we know one another, a place we can be loved, and a place we can love one another. We need to be a place of community. And that community is built when we are in verse 13 here, when we are united together in what we believe. There's a second reason why it's so important for the good of other people, the good of other Christians that we know what we believe. We need to be rooted, friends, so we can help one another grow. We need to be rooted so we can help one another grow. Look at what Paul brings out in these next two verses, verses 15 and 16 here. He tells us, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head unto Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow, so that it builds itself up in love. You know, we talk often that God's plan for us is not just to rescue us from the penalty of sin. So that's when we think of salvation, we think of that aspect, that God rescues us from the penalty of sin. We don't have to go to hell, we can go to heaven forever. But God's purpose in saving us is also to rescue us from the power of sin. Not just the penalty of sin, but the power of sin. God wants us to be spiritually mature and grow and freed from the bondage of sin in our life. I said a few minutes ago that one of the main ways God does that is through the Word of God. There's a second way that God helps mature us and grow us and overcome the power of sin in our life. You know what it is? Look around the room right now. 
Yeah, the people you see are a grace gift from God to help you grow. That God has given us church community to help each other grow in godliness. The local church is a grace gift so that we can mature into Christ's likeness. Now, how does that happen? How do we help each other grow? How do I help you grow? How do you help me grow? How do you help the person sitting across the aisle from you grow? How do you help the person sitting next to you grow? How do we live this out? And, well, we're told here by Paul what to do. Go back to verse number 15 here. And he tells us what this looks like. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up. Now, if you remember when we studied Ephesians, that you could literally translate this, rather truthing in love. We add the speaking here to make it a little bit clear, but it literally says, rather truthing in love. That our command here as a body of Christ is to be truthing one another. Now, notice that means we're not opinioning one another. We're not preferencing one another. We are truthing one another here that God's plan for us to grow, God's plan for me to grow is for you guys to truth me. And God's plan to help you grow is for you to truth one another, for me to truth you, that we're to be a community where we're truthing one another. What is the truth? It's the word of God right here. The God's plan for us to mature and grow, God's plan to help us be stable in all the instability of life is yes done through the Holy Spirit applying the word of God as we read it personally, but it's also done when we truth the word of God to one another. The more we are rooted in Scripture, the more we know what we believe, the better we are able to put aside our preferences, opinions, ways of doing these, and truth one another for the good of building one another up. There's one author I was reading this week said it this way. This really struck with me. He said, Speaking the truth in love seems deceptively easy, but it is extremely difficult. It is possible only for the believer who is thoroughly equipped in sound doctrine and spiritual maturity. Now again, speaking the truth in love seems deceptively easy, but it is extremely difficult. It is possible only for the believer who is thoroughly equipped in sound doctrine and spiritual maturity. Friends, if we are not personally rooted in what we believe, if we are not personally rooted in the Word of God and the Scriptures and the knowledge of Christ, then at best, we're trying to help each other, we're just sharing our preference on how we would rather do things. And at worst, we actually are leading people astray through our counsel There's a direct connection between us being rooted in sound doctrine and the knowledge of Christ here and helping other people grow. So why is it important for us to know what we believe? Well, I need it personally and you need it personally. We need it for our maturity and we need it for our stability. But we need to know what we believe. We need to be rooted as well for the good of the church, for the good of our Christian brothers and sisters, our Christian friends, so that we can help others grow, so we can be unified together despite all the differences the world might see. But there's one more reason why it's important for us to be rooted. Friends, that is for the good of the lost. For the good of the lost. Yes, we need it for our good. Yes, we need it for the good of the church. But we need to know what we believe. We need to be rooted for the good of the lost. Go to verse 16 here of Ephesians here. He says, From whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now, when Paul talks about the body growing, he's primarily focused on what we talked about, spiritual maturity. He's talking about Christ-like growth. That the main focus here is not numerical growth for the church, but it's us becoming disciples of Christ who follow Him in all areas of our life. But friends, let's not miss something here. One thing spiritually mature disciples of Christ do is they make Christ known to the non-believers around us. The more we are conformed to Christ's likeness, the more we will find ourselves sharing Christ with those who need Christ in our lives. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20 gives us that commission that we as followers of Christ are to be doing. These are Jesus' final words on earth to his disciples. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And go therefore, literally as you're going, make disciples. That's the command. That our command from Christ is as we're going, as we're living our lives, we're to make disciples, make followers of Christ. Not just converts, not just getting people to pray a quick prayer. We're to make disciples of Christ. And how do we do that? We baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then in verse 20, and we, what's the next word? We do what? We teach them. People are not going to be mature disciples of Christ if we are not teaching them to observe all that He has commanded us. And we find what He's commanded us in the Word of God. Our commission, this is not just for the pastors and the missionaries and the evangelists. Every follower of Christ has this commission from Christ that we are to be making disciples as we go through our life. And that involves us teaching them everything that Christ has told us. Friends, if we are not rooted in the Word of God, we're not going to be able to obey this commission he has given to us. I love the connection we see between this in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. 
Peter tells us this is a great book of the Bible. I hope we'll preach it in a few years. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared. Notice this. You're always prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Friends, we need to be always ready because if we are walking with Christ in this world, there should be a difference that's noticeable. And if we're walking with Christ, then non-believers should be asking questions of how are you finding joy as you walk that trial with cancer? How are you finding peace in the midst of the pandemic? And there should be questions that are coming and we're told to be ready, to be prepared to make a defense of how we're walking, able to walk with Christ in these hardships. Friends, that means that we have to already be prepared. We don't need to wait for that moment when the non-believer asks us a question to, give the, to be like, well, let me go research that. We should already be anchored in the Word of God, so that we can give an answer from Scripture of the hope that we have in us. But one thing I want to just remind us of in this making Christ known is not just a personal task, it's really a community task. And we as a church are to be doing together, to reaching the world for Christ. John chapter 13, verse 35 reminds us of this. When we studied the Gospel of John, we saw this. Jesus said, by this, all people, he's speaking of the non-believers in the world, will know that you're my disciples if you have what? Love for one another. Now, what did we just see in Ephesians? That when we are rooted in the knowledge of God, when we're unified in faith, then it makes the whole body work together and it builds itself up in what? In love. The more we are rooted in the knowledge of God, the more we are rooted in Scripture, the more unified we are, and the more we are able to love one another. And friends, that's not just for us. That becomes contagious to a hurting, lost world around us. And we can better than love the world around us. So why is being rooted in the Bible so important? We need it for our own good, for our spiritual maturity, for our stability. We need it for the good of others so that we have unity in the community and we can help each other grow. We need that to do it for the sake of the lost around us so we can take the hope of Christ to the world. Why is it important to be rooted in what we believe? We need to know what we believe for our good, for the good of one another, and for the good of of the lost. Friends, my prayer for myself and for us as a church family as we embark on this year is that God will give us grace to do just that. These next 58 weeks that we've mapped out will be 58 weeks where we go deep in the Word of God, where we get a much bigger picture of what we believe and why so that we become more mature, more Christ-like, so we become more rooted for the hardships of life, so that we better are unified as a church, so that we are better able to love one another, so we're better able to truth one another, and so that out of that flows the ability for us to make Christ known to Montgomery and to the ends of the world. I'm praying that God gives us much grace to want to know Him more, to want to read His Word more, to want to grow deeper in what we believe so that all that fruit comes as we get rooted in the Word. Would you pray with me? Father, we are so grateful for Your Word. We thank You for the power in Your Word. We thank You that Your Word is authoritative and unchanging, that Your Word is alive and it's active and it speaks truth into our lives. And Lord, I pray for myself and for these precious brothers and sisters God, that you would really anchor us as a people who are unified in what we believe in our faith, that we have deep knowledge of the Son of God, and out of that, God, that all these other things we've talked about, this good will come. Or we know we can't make that. Only you can produce this. God, only you can make maturity. Only you can produce stability in our lives. God, only you can produce unity in the church. God, only you can produce a community of believers here that wants to disciple one another. God, only you can produce the hard affections to want to make Christ known to the lost. So God, we humbly ask that you do that. You create these affections in me and these affections in these precious brothers and sisters. And God, you would take your word and you use it to deepen these affections, to deepen these desires so that we are a people who are rooted in what we believe so that we can be all that you want us to be. God, we will give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand as we sing a proclamation of what we believe together?
back up on the screen. I want us to proclaim our answer together. So our question is, why is it important to be rooted in what we believe? And if you'll put our answer up, let's read this out loud together, okay? We need to know what we believe for our good, for the good of one another, and for the good of the lost. Father God, I pray that this week that would be our reality. We can't make that, but you can. So we ask your Holy Spirit would fill each one of us and stir our heart affections this week to want to know more of the knowledge of Christ this week. And out of that, God, I pray that you would mature us, you would steady us and give us steadfastness. And out of that, we would find just a sweet unity with one another and a love for one another. And out of that, God, that we'd have opportunities to make you known to the world around us. God, give us grace for this task and stir our affections. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday afternoon.